I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Rena Nainen, and this is Ask Lisa, the Psychology of Parenting podcast. It's a podcast to help parents better understand their kids. Dr. Lisa Demore, a psychologist with three decades of experience and the author of three New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. Both of us are moms ourselves, and we're eager to hear from you. So send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And you can join our community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The handle is Ask Lisa Podcast. And also subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel, Ask Lisa Podcast. Episode 144, how much should I share about my kids? Does it feel nippy in the air now that it's beginning of November? I love it, Rena. I love it. Fall has always been my favorite season. And it's so funny when summer's ending, people are like, oh, it's the end of summer. I'm like, yeah, but it's beginning of fall. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very glad to be deep in at this point. No, you're absolutely right. And into routines and um, thinking about various things that can affect um, our children. And among them is how much do you share? You know, I worry about this also with social media. You know, there's always this whole argument and debate about, are you oversharing or whatnot? But I, I want to read this letter that was really um, beautiful that someone said about sharing and your kids. It says, Dear Dr. Lisa and Rena, my extended family communicates very regularly via text, probably too much. As the four grandkids get older, I'm starting to feel like I'm sharing things about their days that aren't mine to share. I really noticed this on the first day of school this fall, and now it's weighing on me. As my nieces got out of their first day of school, we all got updates on how their days went, and I did the same when my kids were getting out of their first days. I think my concerns are, number one, are we doing harm by sharing their stories and experiences and experimentation? It seems as though every story is out there, but I don't want them to think I'm keeping anything a secret or that I'm ashamed of anything that they're doing because I'm not sharing it. And number two, is it emotionally stunting them by not allowing them to decide what to share? Also, it seems worth adding that none of us share on social media. Thanks. I love your podcast. 
Well, I love this. I love that she mentioned social media at the end, but I guess the big question is, I never thought about this way on like a WhatsApp chat or or text chat that you might be sharing stuff your kids don't want to, especially at that age. Is this mom right? Is she right to worry? Are we doing more harm by, by sharing too much about our kids? It's a really, really important question. And I, I love the way she frames it, the way she thinks it through, and also that she gives us like sharing with family versus sharing on social media, right? Yeah. That those are two different worlds. So when we think about things like this, you know, I think one of the things I really value in terms of how you and I think together is we're not very often going to tell parents what to do, right? I mean, there's very rarely times when there's a very clear like you should or should not do, you know, fill in the blank. But what we can do is we can really take time to think, like, well, how should we think about sharing? Like, what does it mean to share? And why do we share? And then think about the pros of that and the cons of that from the side of the kid. I have never, especially on social media, thought about what does it mean to share and why am I sharing it? Okay, so let's just stay in the universe of social media for a minute and then take it to like a more private family chat. Why do we share about our kids? Maybe you feel proud or you feel good about something and it looks nice. And, you know, very often on Instagram that those great family photos that aren't really the reality behind the photo, wow, this is like what the picture frame image of us should be. Yeah. Okay. But you just said two things in there that I think are both true and real, one more positive than the other. So part of it, and I think this is big, we're proud of our kids. Mm-hmm. like, And that there's something so wonderful about like, my kid's awesome. I really like my kid. I want to show you my kid I like a lot, right? I mean, there's there's something pure and honest and I think lovely in that. And then either separate or right on top of that, there can also be, don't we all look great? Yeah, <laughs> isn't exactly. Isn't this like- Superficial. Isn't this, yeah. Even if like, um, you know, it's not- The vanity of it all. about pure. It's like, like, look at our happy little family here, right? <laughs> so there can be- um, a flexing, as teenagers would mm. say, you know, that goes alongside that. So that's why we share. I'm sure there's other reasons, but I think you know, like those are the big ones. And then we have to think about, well, what does it mean for the kid on in the photo, right? Like, or in the picture, or whose you know activities are being described on social media or not? What do you think? I just have never posed that question. Why am I sharing this? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean for my kid too? And I love how she the, what a thoughtful parent. I mean, we, the yeah. the community of people around I the know. Ask Lisa podcast of parents and the, the questions that we get emailed to us are unbelievable. But that that this parent cares enough to think, well, maybe the texting and going back and forth, it's not mine to share. But how do I know what is mine to share and and when there's like a clear line of demarcation? So this is right. I mean, this is probably the key question, both in family texts and and on social media, right? So we actually have studied this. There's some research mm. on parents sharing about kids on social media and kids' feelings about it. And the research has some interesting findings. One is kids feel that parents should be asking permission more than they're asking. Interestingly, parents also feel that they should be asking permission more than they're asking. So like they know will- it. They know I should probably be asking. And so then in terms of the findings about what kids were okay with, right, like Mm -hmm. what's okay to share, um, we can just put these all under the heading of social science coming up with common sense results, as we often do, like no big surprises. 
kids as a group, and these are, you know, broad research studies, so they don't describe any one child's opinions. They were okay with things that made them look good. (laughs) (laughs) Their kids are like us, right? So if it's like a cool sports photo, or even they said like, if I look good in the photo, like, I'm okay with it. They were, unsurprisingly, not okay that had a negative, with stuff that was negative, right? Or that they felt could make them look bad. So to this letter writer's question about like, are we sharing too much about experiences or experimentation? I think, okay, there's an answer from kids who were studied. Like, if you're telling them about things about me that aren't good or that I messed up, my hunch is that most kids would be like, don't tell the family and sure as heck do not post that on social media, Mm -hmm. right? But the really interesting question or the much harder question was that kids said they didn't want anything shared that felt to them too private. And Rena, like this is a really tricky one because what feels private to a kid and what the parent would presume Mm. feels private to the kid, those can be really, really far apart. So true. What age then? Like when do you know this is the age I need to start asking for permission? Because at five, it's very different from 15. It is totally different from 15. And in some level, five-year-olds feel like, well, of course the whole world knows all about me, right? I mean, they don't, (laughs) five-year-olds don't typically even presume a whole lot of privacy in the world. They just don't think about the world yet in that way. So I think you need to know your kid. You need to know what feels okay. I would say by six, seven, eight, maybe saying, is it okay if I share this photo? Wow, that early. Maybe, but I think I'm not convinced you can tell from how I'm thinking this through. Yeah. I also think parents want to think about posting about their kids even young, right? Like what does that mean to share online about your kids? Because the other thing that can happen is that the photo that none of us would give a second thought to, that adorable three-year-old, a lot of 16-year-olds would be like, oh my gosh, that is so embarrassing. Yeah. Like that is so embarrassing. So there's both the photos you're sharing in the moment and there's also the photos you shared historically. Yeah. Okay, Rena, I have an idea. Okay. I have an idea. We worry about kids sharing too much about themselves, right? We worry about when they get access to digital media that they start to share too much about themselves. So I actually wonder if at the moment when kids are starting to have access to their own technology that they can use to post about themselves – that it becomes part of a broader conversation that's being had about how much are you going to share about yourself and how much do you want me to share about you? Now that you are into the digital environment, what feels okay, what doesn't feel okay? And I almost think at that moment, you could go back and be like, do you want to look at what I've shared about you in the past? And we can start to, you know, you can delete stuff on social media. That sounds so Maybe that's too much. I don't know. I, I don't think I could go there. I don't think I would open up that can of worms. I feel like it could be very at that sort of stage of of where they might be but but I do like what you're saying about how they having a conversation okay let's talk about parameters because I think you're saying to them too look your voice matters and and I'm not looking to offend you when I post stuff but yeah let's have some ground rules on this and and it also shows that you need some rules to be reined in as well right on social media that you're willing to kind of you know work together to figure out what makes sense I think that if we go with this idea, right, yeah. that I'm having as we talk, right, that, you know, is certainly by the advent of their own use of technology, it's a great time to visit, you know, what are you sharing about yourself? What do you feel comfortable about me sharing about you? You know, like you could really kind of get into that. 
I, I agree with you. I think parents should take it under advisement whether they want to pull up the archive. Yeah. Like, here's everything I've ever shared. Like, what do you think? Well, um, think about, can yeah. you imagine, Lisa, what your parents would have shared if they had Instagram? Like, thank God our parents' generation did not have Instagram. Could you imagine? There would be half-naked photos of me all over the internet at this point because it was a different era. It was a different era. era. And that's what I'm thinking about more than anything else, Rena, which is we worry about how kids can feel, you know, too overexposed in the world on digital technology, too engaged in the world, not have enough, you know, kind of distance from it, privacy from it. And then as parents, we are in a generation that suddenly we can expose our kids for better or for worse in ways that were never available to our parents because all they had were those like lousy little, you know, printed photos (laughs) and like your bad um, class pictures. Remember like your class pictures? Like those would be what we would share. And they were terrible, but everybody knew they were terrible and they were almost humorous in that way, you know? But you don't find it humorous when you're in high school and those are floating around everywhere. You Google yourself and that's the first image that comes up. Right. No. And that's the thing I think that we really have to just like hover on here for a minute, which is what to a parent could be like, oh my, it's kind of funny or it's kind of sweet or it's not that big a deal or like, yeah, we all have goofy photos like that. To teenagers and tweens, right? That can be excruciating and horrible and like mortifying. And the parent won't feel it the way the kid feels it, but I think we have to really take seriously that that's the developmental moment they're in. And we need to really search our hearts for like, is it that important to me that I put this out into the world if it's going to make my kid this uncomfortable? Mm. Lisa, we're going to pause and take a quick break. But on the other side of this break, I want to ask you, what if your kid tells you, I don't want you to share anything about me on social media or via text? I want to get your answer after this quick break. You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. We spend a lot of time teaching our kids please and thank you. But one thing I've realized I haven't spent a lot of time teaching my children is how to be financially responsible. We started using the Greenlight app and it's made a difference in helping them have that conversation about money and to really understand how it can affect their lives. Greenlight's a debit card and a money app that's made for families. I can send money to my kids, keep an eye on their spending and their savings. I didn't think I would need this app, but my kids are absolutely loving it and they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age that you need to learn how to save. 
Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. Welcome back to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. We're talking about when is too much to share about your child on social media or via text. And um, Lisa, I got to ask you, like, what if your kid says to you, you know what? I don't want you to share anything about me on social media or via text. How do, how do you approach that when there's a full stop, do not pass go, don't share anything about my life on social media or text from your child? It's all embargoed. It all belongs to me. Mm-hmm. None of it is yours to share. So I think you could have a conversation. You could say, tell me more about what your worries are. You could say, not even with your grandma. Like your grandma, you know, loves knowing what's going on with you. She like, it's such a delight to her to track, you know, like what's happening with you. So you could check in a little bit around those corners. But I think if the kid's like, it just makes me too uncomfortable, it is not yours to share. Then what we are into, Rena, right, and we get ourselves into these tensions is, is the upside for the parent of continuing to do it worth the downside of straining their relationship with their teenager, mm. right? Like that, that's, that's the question. And what I would say in those moments is, look, our relationships with our teenagers are really precious and we want to do anything we can to keep the lines of communication open. It does raise a question about whether there are other ways you could share that they would feel okay about, like getting on the phone and just being like, here's what happened, I'm so proud, or grandma asks and I can answer. So you could also say, all right, I get it, you don't want a text that lasts forever. I get it that you don't want a photo that can float around and end up anywhere. If we're talking, you know, just about what our kids are up to, like, I'm assuming that's okay. Like there's no record of it. It doesn't go anywhere. I think you could ask that. I'd like to think a kid would be like, well, yeah, of course. Like, I mean, if we're all sitting around talking about our kids, like you should talk about me. That's fine. Um, But again, like these are such tricky things because there's no straight up yes or no. It's one thing against another. Do you think, Lisa, that there should be different standards for dealing with your child when you're sharing personal information about them on social media versus in a family chat? I think so. I think so. I think we want to be really, really mindful of how we present our kids to the world on social media because it is their record, right? I mean, I think that's the thing that's so hard to actually wrap our heads around is like we're creating a record that is our child's, right, that will follow them. 
and also because it's just such a broader environment. Mm-hmm. It's such a broader environment. And I think um, there's lots of ways to get it right. You know, I can picture ways that kids feel good about the family, feels good about it, feels good in an, you know, an ongoing way. But I also think if we're going to ask kids to be circumspect about how they present themselves on social media, reflecting with them about us making pretty um, constrained choices about what we're going to share and not share about them online is a great place to sort of do the like, don't talk about it, be about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't share about you online because this is going to follow about you, follow you forever. And, you know, or it's a tiny little group, but even there, you know, I'm very, very cautious about what I share. I mean, but like really unpacking that about what it means to have a digital footprint that um, is really quite hard to make go away. What would your advice be to parents about sharing about your child on social media? What are the things, particularly in the teenage mm-hmm. years, that you find upset kids that their parents do on social media? I think what I would say is I would be forthright about it. I think that's the most important thing. I think like teenagers, sometimes we as adults can be like, oh, no, it's over here. It's private. It's quiet. My kid will never find out, right? Yes. So I can kind of do what I want, right? And um I am sympathetic to that. I'm sure I have gone down that road sometimes. I think we got to like live by the sword, die by the sword. Like we got to say like, just like we're saying to our kids, like, you know, whatever you're doing on social media, it is essentially public and permanent. Like we need to act that way ourselves. So if you don't, if you feel like you need to be sneaky about it or you're hoping your kid doesn't find out you posted it, I think that's a wonderful flag of like, maybe this is not worth it. And then I think like there comes a point, and maybe it's when your kid is on technology themselves, where you do check with kids about stuff that is going to be public, public facing, right? Into, and I would say all of social media is public facing, right? Even stuff that feels like it's in a small private, you know, you don't have a lot of friends. It's all there somehow, Mm -hmm. somewhere. I think we want to treat it that way. I think that you should get their permission. Now, Rena, here's another interesting, like just to make this more complex. In my world, Kids can't give permission for things. Um, And what I mean is kids can't consent under the age of 18 to things because they're not adults, right? Mm -hmm. So it's also really interesting to think about a kid saying at 13, yeah, I'm totally fine with that photo. I don't mind. Mm, It's interesting. Would 17-year-old version of that kid still be good about what 13-year-old version said was okay? So so what you're walking me into is at 13, he might have said it's okay. And then suddenly they turn 17 and they realize, I actually didn't want that photo of me posted that you did. Uh, it doesn't feel so great. Yeah. Okay. So I think if we bear that, I think critically important caveat in mind, if we say, you know, by the time you're going to post something on social media, and certainly if your kid has social media, I think it should be a conversation. I think it's actually a really golden kind of like, you know, object lesson, like I'm about to post. How do you feel about this? Because kids should be doing that when they're posting with other people in the pictures, mm-hmm. right? Kids do sometimes jerky things or unintentionally jerky things where they put up a photo where somebody looks really bad and the person in the photo feels ashamed or embarrassed. So it's, I think, actually a great thing if we're like, okay, I'm about to put this photo up of you online. Do you feel good about it? And the 13-year-old might be like, yeah, I look fantastic. Like, put it right up. And then I think you should say, if you change your mind, let me know. It will come right down. Mm. So having that little, if you change your mind, it'll come right down, could make a difference. I think it's really important because- 
I, I Here's think, what I love. Yeah. Don't you think that 98% of our audience will lose all of their social media access by doing that? All of the images will be gone. <laughs> be like, take it all down. down. Take it all down. Black. I do not exist in the world anymore. Black hole. Okay, but isn't that interesting? That is right? so interesting. interesting. Right? And, and also, like, why wouldn't we honor that? Is our need to just, you know, share our pride in our children so great hmm. that if a kid is asking for digital privacy, we're going to be like, no. <laughs> You're so right. I have never thought about it that way with parenting yeah. and parenting and kids. Have you seen this happen before? Like go down this road? I, I mean, I know, I, I know kids who are like, I cannot believe you put up that first day of school picture yeah. of me. Like I yeah. look so bad. I feel really lousy. And, and here's the thing. And this is why I almost am never prescriptive in my role as a psychologist. I also know families where the parents like, okay, this is a really goofy first day picture. I'm putting it up. My kid is going to like find it both annoying and funny, yeah. right? I mean, families know what their relationships can contain. Only individual parents and caregivers can make the assessment of like, is the upside of sharing this worth any tension it brings into our family, right? I mean, those are the calculations I just want people to be making. I have another like escape hatch here because like we are getting to a place where it feels very like, wait, I can't share about my kid, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. even to their aunt, right? I mean, yeah. I think it can feel very um, constraining. Like it can feel too, like we're missing too much of like the delights of, of getting to share you know, how much we like our kids and how fun we think they are. So sometimes when I have had something where I was really, really proud of my kid and I wanted to share it, but it felt weird to like call a family member. And and partly maybe because I didn't want the family member sort of spontaneously bringing it up at a holiday dinner mm. and having my kid be like, whoa, like how'd you even know about that? So I have a dear friend who lives in another state who doesn't interact with my kids, but who has known my kids all their life. And I can call her and be like, I just have to tell you this really cool mm. thing that happened. And she can satisfy my need for pleasure and delight in my kid in a way that I don't feel like I'm flexing. It's not happening in public. I don't have to worry about a you know, strange Thanksgiving conversations suddenly popping up because we don't run into this friend that much. And so my wish to just glow about my mm -hmm. kid or mm -hmm. kids get satisfied. And on that one, my kid doesn't know, I don't think would care. It doesn't exist anywhere in the world. It's not a lasting record. And so that's a that's a little portal I have found when I'm trying to navigate this like tricky thing. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Going back to this letter, Lisa, you know, when she's this this parent is talking about, you know, reconciling the need to share with just family members, not even social media, as you pointed out. Um, what would your advice be to this mom in creating those parameters? What really matters in this moment? I think talking to your kid, right? Your relationship with your kid, especially if she has kids who are moving into or are, are teenagers, right? And I love that actually she never mentions the ages, right? I mean, I think it's like one of those things where we can just think about this across all ages. I think that it is essential that we take very, very seriously protecting that relationship. And I'll tell you why. 
one, because it's pleasurable, right? Like it's fun to get along with your teenager. Like teenagers are a blast, especially when they're, you know, in a good mood with you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The other is their safety hinges on it. In order for teenagers to be safe, they have to trust us and have a close enough working relationship with us that they're going to call us if they need help. And so these things that we do over here, like, you know, rubbing them the wrong way about photos or, you know, antagonizing them in ways that are unnecessary, they're both costly to the relationship, but they're also, for me, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I then worry that if that kid had a need or if something were really wrong or if there was something deeply private that they needed help with, right? Because sometimes the things that go wrong are like super duper private. I would never want that kid to think, I can't go to my parent because they are basically a billboard. Right. So when the, when doing the calculus, especially as kids get older, you want to be trustworthy. You want your kids to feel like they can tell you stuff and it will go nowhere if they say, please don't share this. Mm. So having that confidence in you, your child having that confidence in you as a parent, that you're not going to go blabber this or or post it all over the town hall here, you know, that, that this is something that is safe and they feel comfortable bringing it to you. Yeah. And so as we're talking this through, what becomes clear to me is that what's getting shared with the relatives or even what's getting posted online, those are the small stakes. But how we as parents interact with kids around our trustworthiness and our honoring that there are things of theirs that may not be ours to share on the small stakes may really come into play around big stake stuff where we want our kids to feel that they can come to us and we want them to believe that we take seriously that not everything is ours to share. Building trust, man, you have really gotten that through as to why that is so important in development and and dealing with your kids. Um, You know, I got to say, I've never thought about that question you posed at the beginning. Why are you sharing this? What does it mean for your kid? Two questions I've never asked myself when I posted something on social media. Yeah, we don't, do we? I mean, I don't know that I'd ask before really, you know, reflecting on this letter. Hmm. So what do you have for us, Lisa, for parenting to go? So there's one other element in this letter that I just want to circle back on where she says, I don't want my kids to think I'm not proud of them if I don't share. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that one actually has a simple solution, which is you just lay, play your cards face up. If you find yourself in a situation like that with a kid, you want to say something like, you know, I'm slowing down on sharing because I've decided that you get to decide what's out there about you in the world, especially as you age. So if someone shares about their kid and I'm not sharing about you, it's not that I'm not proud of you and I want you to know that. Oh my gosh, I, I burst with pride about you. It's just that I'm putting privacy ahead of pride here. And um, I just wanted you to know that. That's great. That's really great advice. Uh, a lot to think about. And um the, the forever struggle and dilemma with parents and sharing. Uh, this is a great episode and, and questions that I hadn't thought about before. Thank you. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I love wonderful. it that you're working through it just as much as we are in this episode. Uh, and we hope all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving next weekend. And we're going to have an encore episode. My kids lose it when they make sports mistakes. How can I help? I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. 
The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.